0: This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey, guys, Ryan here with Torch Stock Podcast. Did you know that I also run a marketing agency with the absolute best crew? I keep hearing from other garage door companies how their SEO company or their web design company is just not cutting it. We never hear that here. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we work really, really hard for you door guys out there. Check us out, suchandsuchmedia.com. You got the pricing and everything right on the website. Full transparency. And we're going to work really hard because you are the champion of your story. And we just want to be a small part of your success and celebrate it with you. Great customer service. Amazing web design. Phenomenal SEO. That's going to get you ranked. Give us a shout suchandsuchmedia.com
1: My name is Tamara. Um I'm going to be hosting today. Um I work with Ryan at such and such media and um yeah, let's go ahead and just jump right in and get started. Are you ready, Ryan?
0: Yep. I'm going to answer for myself and Jeff today. Uh, Okay, cool. So we'll rock and roll. And then we could probably just rock through these and then open it up for any questions that anybody might have.
1: Cool. Awesome. Um, So the first question is uh, when it comes to salespeople, how do you prefer to compensate them?
0: Uh, So I don't have like a direct answer, but I would say whatever uh, motivates them the most. So in my experience, um, die hard salespeople who are super confident in themselves prefer to be paid with commission, with no cap. Uh, people who maybe aren't as confident or maybe in a different financial situation where they really prefer consistency in their pay, uh, prefer hourly or salary. Uh, and I've found that there's a good case for hiring both of those type of people. Um, and so I actually um, I actually have comp plans on salespeople that are vary. um, and I think that's uh very uncommon from what I understand. A lot of business owners will offer one comp plan to their employees in the same positions where we'll offer, uh, different types. If it's a fixed comp plan, they'll get paid less, most likely. Um, if it's a commission-based comp plan and they achieve their, their milestones, they'll make more. Right.
1: Can that
2: you, um, uh, can I ask you, can I be, can I be part of the, can you, can you give me an example of like um, an example of a couple different people with different comp plans and, and um, like, if they have a t- conversation with each other, how do you keep it straight with who's getting paid what?
0: Yeah. So uh, first of all, we have a policy uh, at Aaron overhead doors where we ask our employees not to have conversation about compensation. Um, but, At the same time, we know sometimes that takes place. Uh, So we compensate based on um, a couple things. Number one, experience. Uh, If you get certified here, then you get a raise. Um, And so so there's certain things that we lay out um, that, and and if you're not making what you want to make, we'll gladly sit down with you and lay out uh, certain targets that you need to hit in order to make more money. Uh, So we're very transparent with our employees And if you want to make salary or hourly, we'll tell you, hey, look, you could make more if you switch to commission. Uh, That's your choice. It's up to you. But uh, some people like the safety net or the consistency.
2: Are you worried about if you put somebody on hourly or or salary, are you worried about them having drive to to try hard?
0: Yes. Okay. 100%. That that is one of my main concerns with that. I've been on commission my entire life for the most part, <clears throat> and uh, if I didn't sell, uh, I, I didn't I didn't do well personally. So, I like as a business owner having um, my employees invested the same way I am. And so, with that, we'll uh, we'll move back to tambro
1: Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on paying commission on profit versus uh, total sale?
0: Uh, so, again, all my answers with this are going to kind of align with uh, what I believe. <clears throat> I, you know, the owner is motivated to generate profit. And so I think you motivate your employees to also align with your goals. So profit should be what everyone is paid off of, in my opinion. I would like to have all of my employees paid off of profit, uh, to be honest with you. Everything from dispatchers all the way to uh, guys in the field, salespeople.
1: And along those lines, like what percentage of the profit or the total sale would you uh, like should be paid out?
0: So that's uh, that that can vary depending on the industry, but for the garage door industry, I think uh, the magic number um, should be, in my opinion, somewhere around the 20% mark um, of the profit uh, be paid out in commission. Now that that can vary. I have different comp plans. So uh, I've got one guy who gets paid on total sale, I got other people who are paid on um, salary altogether. Um, I've got people that are paid on hourly and I've got people that are paid on um, profit. So it varies, but it, it's, uh, it all kind of like balances out. So um, we figure out what we can afford to pay in the position. We figure out where they're at, um, what their goals are. And we try to build a comp plan that either will get them there in the near future or uh, gets them there now if they are fully qualified and ready.
2: So okay. can I, uh, can I ask another question? So if, if it, your magic number is 20%, um, say someone's not IDA certified and someone is, what what's the difference?
0: Yeah. I mean, so I would say what uh, you could start people out at, you know, 16, 17, 18, 20%. Uh, you can go to 25 if you wanted to. Uh, and so you could just vary. I mean, it's all going to depend on on your goals as a business owner and, uh, what motivates the people to do it, you know, so.
1: Um, so along that lines of finding um, what, you know, what employees are motivated by and what their goals are, um, how do you build your comp plans that are motivating, um, but that also aren't too difficult to calculate?
0: Yeah. So uh, I like triggers. So um, I know this can be very complicated, Um, so I try to keep it simple, but I was hoping Jeff would be able to answer this question because I felt like he would be probably better suited for it. Uh, but for me, I say, you know, I like, I like motivating people to sell revenue. I like people motivating people to sell profit and I like motivating people to sell volume. And so, uh, a lot of times I'll have triggers. So we can give an example. Um, let's say you have a service guy and that service guy gets paid on um, total sale, like a percentage of the total sale. Um, Well, you may also want to um, compensate him if he achieves a certain number. So in my experience as a salesperson, uh, hitting goal should be standard. That's like you're getting paid to hit goal. Like, yes, we're paying you commission per job, but we're also expecting you to hit goal. So I'm not a big fan of like rewarding people for hitting goal. But what I am like pumped to do is to motivate them to keep going after goal. So uh, once a lot of people hit goal, there's not a lot of comp plans out there that uh, incentivize them to keep going. And so if you got three days left, a lot of guys are going to just cruise through those three days, you know, do whatever they, they accomplish goal, they get their money, whatever. Uh, but if, if you hit 110% of goal, why not throw them a little bonus, one hundred and twenty percent of goal. Throw them a bonus, you know things like that, uh, and so that helps motivate uh, your guys in the field to continue selling doors or, uh, you know, be thorough and uh, push in the garage doing service. So um, maybe push isn't the right word, but I mean push isn't like keep trying. Um, and so that that's uh, that's my stance on it, and that and that probably varies obviously by door company, but I believe that um, having like, uh, and in that case you can have situations where you like pay a percentage of their total sales for the month. If they hit 110% of goal, Um, that percentage should probably be very small, but in in the same uh, stance, uh, it's there. Right. So um, I know like for our guys, the on commission and service, they'll get paid a percentage of the total sale. Uh, but on motors and door sales, it's flat rate, and then um, and so that can create some complications also because uh, you got to have somebody going through like uh, pulling all the door uh, the the motor stuff out of all the um, the service sales, so uh, that can that can create um, some headache. But ultimately, I would rather have my uh, my payroll lady frustrated than the guys in the field. Quite honestly.
1: We won't say that you said that. Yeah, don't. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, when you're creating your compensation plan, when you're building it for each individual, um, can you talk a little bit about the balance of salary, bonus, and commission and how you kind of keep those those all um, in line with each other or how you balance it out?
0: Yeah, so... Uh, This is an interesting topic because I didn't really fully understand this until probably just a couple of years ago. Um, But when I was uh, when I was on full commission, I used to beg my boss for a salary. Um, And, uh, you know, it was like, hey, I want a base salary plus commission. And he was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes. Uh, And he's like, "Okay," and I'm a top producer right where I was at. So uh, he he gave me a comp plan. And I looked at it and I was like, well, uh, this does give me some consistency and some, um, some balance, but it looks like I'm going to make less. And he's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, well, why should I make less? And he's like, because you're taking risk out, uh, I am paying you forward. Um, and so, you know, I didn't like it, um, Uh, So I didn't really take on a salary until I got into management. Um, When I got into management, I was paid a salary uh, plus like bonuses based on uh, my team hitting certain numbers. And, uh, and, and that, that was, um, that was very challenging because now your income's completely dependent on other people. Um, And that was the first time that that had really happened to me. Um, And so that, that was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time motivating. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but this is um, this, like this conversation um, is it needs to be had with your salespeople that hey, listen, um, you can either have safety and security or you can have more compensation. but uh, very rarely, if at ever at all, do they come together. Um, so a full commission guy uh, says, hey, I'm confident in my abilities, Um, I like the comp plan and I believe I can expose it to make the most amount of money and I'm willing to take the seasons and make more money during the great seasons and a little bit less money during the down seasons for an overall higher compensation package where people who are wanting some more consistency through all seasons, I think as an employer, Uh, I think you need to listen to your people and offer them a solution. Maybe you say, okay, well uh, I can drop the percentage points and offer you a small salary in in lieu of that. Um, And that should help you uh, with some balance. Now that takes out the high highs and the low lows, especially on individual sales. So that helps the business as well a little bit on really big jobs. Um, But, Uh, there's nothing more than I like than paying out somebody, you know, two, three grand on a huge door job. Um, I think that's fun. Um, it's, it's nice to see. And so, uh, we like it, but, uh, not everybody, not everybody appreciates, uh, having that check. And then the next month, um, having a, uh, having a down month. So it just depends. And I think Josh raised his hand. He's got a question. Yeah. Josh, do
1: you want to go ahead and unmute yourself?
3: And you can ask your question. Yep. Uh, cool. Um, kind of touching on earlier, I mean, for us, we don't have a dedicated salesperson. And I was going to say, is that something you guys kind of, as you grew, you grew into adding a dedicated salesperson and you saw that they had more success because they could focus on something? Because right now, our technician will go out and, you know, they kind of diagnose and sell, you know, on the spot.
0: This is an age old question that I don't know that there's like a true answer for it, but I'll try to give you uh, multiple answers and maybe one will help you out. Uh, So I've seen models where you have a dedicated salesperson go out and sell service and then the service guys go out and just fix whatever they sold. uh, And there's value to that. Like, I don't know that there's one way that's wrong. Um, As a matter of, excuse me, as a matter of fact, it works really well for um uh what's his name adam weber at uh, ae door and window in ohio and he's got multiple locations and um he's extremely successful with that model um us on the other hand um you know we we have selling service guys um which is a little bit more complicated to find but um i think training uh, plays a huge role in that and when when a service guy has a uh, a positive energy and um is willing to learn he can make a lot of money um and so if you show them the potential uh and motivate them it would be better if you could just send one person as opposed to two um but at the same time uh you know not everybody knows how to swing tools is um, is going to be also a great salesperson. So you may want to hire that one guy um, who's horrible with customers, but great with doors. Um, So you just got to kind of find that good balance. Um, On the flip side uh, of, of that is, you know, on door sales. um, I do believe dedicated salespeople are great. You know, we tried, selling uh, with service guys doors. Um, And I can honestly tell you when we switched from service guys to individual uh, salespeople uh, dedicated to nothing but door sales, uh, we overnight doubled our uh, average um, ticket price. Um, So we took a little bit of a different approach where we we call them design consultants. Uh, we, We cater to customers who want to upgrade their curb appeal. Care about uh, quality, and uh, and that's what we kind of pushed. Uh, where a lot of service guys will sell out of their own pocket, and they'll uh, they'll sell you know the cheapest Pandora uh, to fill the hole because they they don't care. They don't care what the door looks like on their house. They don't care what it looks like on anybody else's house. They're a function over uh, over beauty. So um, and, and and that's okay. Um, you know, I think there's a purpose for everybody. But uh, in my opinion, I think dedicated salespeople are great. Um, I don't use them on the service side because, uh, I only want to move a truck when we're hired or selling doors. Um, we have a bigger ticket. So going out and selling, sending two people for a three or $400 sale, uh, $500 sales, not in our best interest personally, but I've seen it work and it's worked very well for a lot of people.
3: Um, Kind of follow up on that too. When you have the dedicated salesperson, um, how much responsibility do you put on them for developing like leads and you'll bring it in. uh, Okay. So do you, I'm assuming you guys just kind of provide base marketing, you know, whatever comes in from the phones or requests, and then they have to develop their own funnel.
0: Depends on the season and how many staff we have at the time. Cause I mean, you kind of have people coming and going Uh, right now we don't have time to make phone calls. Um, But in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, think of, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with how roofing companies do, uh, but I like that model. Um, 100% commission, you go out, and you make it happen. Uh, you get very little support from companies in the roofing industry, but those boys, you know, you get a million dollar salesperson. A lot of times in the roofing industry, they're paying out 40, 50% of the, um, of the profit to their salespeople, but they don't spend money in marketing you know, they have very little overhead um, and, uh, you know, insurance is paying. So they typically don't have issues with collections. Uh, they're under contract with people. So it's, it's uh, you know, and they're, most of their guys are 1099. So their salespeople will be uh, contractors. So they don't have payroll taxes. They don't have uh, health insurance. Um, and so, um, I but I, I like the the methodology behind that, you know, hey, uh, here's your business cards. Go make it happen. Um, I love that, you know. And then whatever we give you, a so cherry on top. Um, I love that mentality. Uh, I'm a hunter. There's different types of salespeople too. Um, I, I'm a hunter. Um, I, I'm gonna hunt, and, um, and 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 so maybe I'm a little bit more excited about the idea of that than most. But um, that's just because of my personality.
1: Yeah. I think definitely having the right, um, you have to have the right person to fill that role for sure. Yeah. Um, so we know, well, what are some issues that we should be aware of with performance based comp plans?
0: Accountability hundred percent. Um, I think this is probably one of the hottest topics in the garage door industry when it comes to, um, you know, you're sending out someone who hopefully you trust into a garage to represent your company well, uh, uh, un, uh, unaccompanied. Right? They're by themselves, um, and you're trusting that they're doing a really good job of evaluating the door, evaluating the customers' needs and wants. Remember, I'm gonna all I'm gonna start saying this more and more customer's needs and wants because I feel like a lot of people just sell off of bare minimum needs. Oh, they didn't need that. Well, they didn't need it, but they may have wanted it. And so if you're telling me that people only shop for things they need, uh, you're lying. Um, So I I think you find out what their needs and wants are, and then you build out options and let the customer choose. Um, But accountability and the way that we do accountability here at Aaron Overhead Doors is Uh, We have safety inspections. If they mark it red, they're supposed to take a picture of that uh, so that we can see what the issue uh, may be um, so that we can hold them accountable. And uh, we also do quality control checks and occasionally we'll call customers and just check, but we do in-person quality control as well. Um, And so uh, we always ask our guys to offer the used part or the the parts we took off back to the customers, but we want to show them the parts we took off and the parts we put on when we're done uh, so that there's no room for, um, for confusion or customer feeling like, you know, Hey, we sold these parts, but we didn't replace them type of thing. And I think Ben's got another question.
1: Go ahead, Ben.
2: Uh, I was just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I hear what you're saying and I agree hundred percent with it. Um, uh, I'm thinking about, uh Simon Senek doing the TED talk and he's talking about um if you're just carrots and sticks you've got to watch out because sometimes you you might accidentally be um creating an environment where people are less ethical than they should be. Mm-hmm. So that was what I was thinking about. Um, but another thing you were saying needs and wants and something that I've noticed with people I've trained is there's a difference between like people who are okay with fear of rejection. So they bring up things that potentially a customer might shoot them down right away but you still bring it up anyways and i think it just centers around getting people okay to be rejected that's what i was thinking about
0: so yeah and i'll reference a couple things on that is um so if if i had a grandmother who uh ha- was old and uh her garage door was 12 years old and a service guy goes to her house and notices that the spring is 12 years old, I think it would be bad practice to not at least offer a spring change. I know there's a lot of people out there who's gonna argue with me, but I don't want my grandmother, when she needs to go to the doctor or whatever, uh, panicking in a garage because her spring broke and her door won't open. or the possibility of her, because she is old, continuously hitting the freaking button until the door goes out of track because um, she didn't know. Um, and then, you know, it turns into an emergency situation. Um, that, that to me is bad practice, to not offer that and explain to her what the possibilities are. And then a lot of people are going to see that and be like, oh, my God, you're ripping old ladies off. Like, no, not not at all. Uh, As a matter of fact, it was a 12-year-old spring, and we gave her an option not to do it, an option to do it, and she agreed with us that she didn't want to be stuck in the garage in the event that this breaks. We just bought her another 8 to 10 years, maybe longer since the last ones lasted till 12. Um, So uh, that's peace of mind, and there's value in peace of mind. And, uh, and, and as a grandson, um, I would appreciate that. I would think that that was very thoughtful. I would say, wow, that was a, a great and thoughtful salesperson. Um, my Mimi doesn't have a problem with money, neither does my grandmother. Uh, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, she's not taking it with her when she goes. Uh, so might as well spend it while she's here uh, taking care of her home and making her life more convenient. And that's what the, that's what the goal was. Um, So, so, you know, uh, that's my philosophy. And I think, you know, we also have packages where we tell people, look, you don't need this, uh, but you may want it and let me walk you through it. Um, And, you know, it's, it's stealth hardware package, right? It's, uh, it's new spring line system and uh, top of the line lift master openers. And, uh, you know, we, we have packages that we sell that aren't needed. And we we don't mind telling customers. Look, is the noise bothering you? Yes, okay, that's not a need, but it's a want. Um, and so we 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 establish ourselves very well, and it works out. Uh, I think we probably sell uh, five, four or five of those packages a week, um, and it and it's it's very it works well for us. Our customers love it, and um, so yeah. Uh, I think, I think we, we as garage door guys um, have a tendency to fall back on um, what does the customer need instead of what do they want.
1: Yeah. Um, Ryan, do you think that you're, or do you believe that you, employees will agree to make less in exchange for a great work environment?
0: Yes. It depends on the person. If they value great culture and work environment and secure job security, uh, I do believe people will take less money. Now define less money, uh, you know, 5%, 10%, maybe less than other people. Uh, I think beyond that, I think you're, um, you're probably going to ruin the culture. Um, so you have to be uh, probably in line, uh, like for here, I genuinely believe we're probably on the upper side of the scale with everybody and we have excellent, uh, uh, company culture. Um, and so we have both, but, but that also, uh, plays a role in our bottom line, not being as well, as much as I'd like it to be, but, um, I've got a team that'll charge the mountain with me, um, regardless if it's a suicide mission or not, I think everybody, if I turned around, we might lose one or two, but I think almost everybody is going to be charging the hill. So uh, I feel really good about that.
1: Yeah. We have a really good team. Um, okay. So we know that compensation is important and needs to be easy and motivating. Um, what do you feel like is like the winning formula what you should offer a potential new hire um, that fits, like if you have an ideal candidate and it's exactly what you're looking for how do you kind of handle that
0: So what how do I handle choosing the compensation?
1: For yeah what's a new hire what's your, yeah what's how do you decide when you have the perfect <laughs> person what's your formula for deciding? revert
0: that to Jeff Jeff go ahead. Just kidding. He's not on here I just don't want to answer it
1: um, Oh, okay so, uh,
0: I really I really don't know the answer to that honestly I haven't quite figured that out 100% uh, I would say that um,
1: well how about this how do you you're fabulous at reading people so when you're when you're interviewing somebody what cues do you look at um, I don't look that at tell cues. you I what just ask them. Oh, I'm so probably you're one up. of the
0: most blunt interviewers you've ever met in your entire life. I'll tell you the good, bad, and ugly, and I'll ask you straight up how much money you want to make. Um, and then if what? it's higher than what I think we can pay for the position, I tell them, listen, I can't pay that, but I could probably pay this. Um, or, you know, um, hey, listen, this is comp- yeah, it's, a, it's a full commission position, so sky's the limit. Uh, If you're willing to work hard and make it happen, I'll support you any way I can. You want to be certified. You want to uh, have weekly training, all that. We do all that. So uh, we invest into employees to give them the opportunity. And we have one-on-ones every month, uh, roughly. And those one-on-ones, there he is. I hope he's all right. Um, So those one-on-ones, we open it up full transparency and give the people the opportunity to Uh, discuss their compensation and uh, where they're at versus where they want to be. So, uh, but Jeff will be good to answer this question better than me. Oh,
1: hold on.
0: He's muted. I didn't even hear the
4: question, so I don't know if I can get to that answer. I am running.
0: (laughs) You all right there, bro?
4: I'm wonderful. How are you doing today? I'm doing well.
0: I just want everybody to notice Jeff's little logo there, how nice it is. He did a really good job with the branding of his company. Um, so go uh, go ahead, Tamara, ask him the question.
4: Shout yeah, out to so, Dan Timelli and Kick Charge. <laughs>
1: um, we were just asking Jeff. Um, we know that that compensation is important and it needs to be easy and motivating. So, what is the winning formula that you use to identify what you should offer a potential new hire if they're like the perfect person uh, for your business?
4: I'm going to say right now we are reorganizing that as we speak. Um, We actually got a meeting on Wednesday next week with my management staff to go over that and reevaluate new plans that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, track the KPIs. What can we do to – it's quality control over anything because if anything I've found out over the years is – Piece rate works great, but a lot of those guys just want to slam it in and get done as fast as possible. Therefore, it almost has to be, when it comes to an installer, it has to be somewhere between a piece rate and production uh, slash warranty. So there's got to be KPIs to manage these guys. Is Like, look, I'll allow you to do this and make more money, but your installation your uh, warranty percentage has to stay under a certain percentage. If not, I'm going to start backing jobs off you and just hold you accountable for it. That's so good. So how, how do you hold these guys accountable is with KPIs and allow that ebb and flow to go up and down and allow these guys to increase their productivity, but same thing as keep them to a higher standard of quality.
0: Yeah, you want that extra money? What are you going to do for it, right? like Correct. Um, and you I'll normally keep pair guys this, but you can drive value. You can create value in other areas um, and make it worth us paying you more.
4: Yeah. So how do you, so it's a fine line there. And I know we're trying to work that out because we still got a lot of hourly guys. We just watched their production time and warranty. And I uh, guess what, how many billable hours do I have in this job compared to what you did for the month? And we take that into consideration along with the warranties to bonus that off right now.
0: Nice.
5: And Ben's got a question. Hey, Ryan, how's it going?
0: Good, man. How are you, Roman? Doing great. I just wanted to reach out and let you guys know how grateful I am that Somer has been a sponsor of Torsion Talk.
5: Yeah, fifth season already. We've had four really good seasons and a lot of good success for us.
0: That's great to hear. At this point, though, I think everybody's pretty much heard of you guys that follow the podcast What do you think we could say to make your ad stand out for season five?
5: Well, I think we've been working really hard on customer service, making sure that our team and everyone knows all the technical things they need to know to make sure we get uh, the best and quickest service to both homeowners and dealers. Um, We've also been putting a lot of stuff out there to improve product knowledge so that customers know how to, or so dealers and technicians can know how to troubleshoot or know know, what all our operators are capable of because there's a lot of stuff, even stuff that's not in the manual. And um, we're continually improving the product. We've had a couple of new software releases in the last year. Um, We're continually adding additional accessories and we've got some even new operators in the pipeline that we're excited about.
0: So you guys got a lot going on, that is great. Am I allowed to talk about how awesome you guys have been through all the shortages and price increases? You guys have been like steady Eddie. Like you didn't skip a beat, no quality issues to my knowledge or anything.
5: Well, summer is a German company. You know, we, we do things slowly, but we we try to do them well.
0: That is super true. You guys have a great team and I am so thankful and proud to have you guys as a sponsor of torsion talk. Hey torsion talk family. If you haven't tried Sommer yet, I challenge you to reach out and start a conversation today. Not only is the product great, but Roman and his team are super knowledgeable. I can call him and troubleshoot or just ask advice because he's been in my shoes. If you're ready to chat with the team at SOMER, call 877-766-6607. Bifolding overhead doors are simply cool. Therefore, if you install one, you too are cool. All kidding aside, Schweiss makes the best bifold door on the market, so when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold, Check them out first. As a matter of fact, bifold security doors are hot right now. If you check out their website, bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors, bifold doors, for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss Door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you. Visit bifold.com. That's B I F O L D.com.
2: So I've been following uh, you, Ryan, for a little bit now. And uh, I know that you've kind of uh, sort of talked about comedy culture and delivering happiness a little bit. And it's a question that is on my mind is because I'm trying to hire somebody who am I trying to hire and why and it kind of got down to the root of well what is my company culture well it's undefined what is my core values undefined so if I'm trying to find the a winning candidate for a position um, they have to fit the core values that are undefined yeah so I guess a follow-up question to winning formula candidate would be what are some of your the top things that come to mind for the core values you're trying to bring to your company.
0: So when, when i uh, when I was in your shoes, um, I would like to say that I hired based off of culture, but I was new to the industry and didn't know anyone. And I probably hired some people that, that, uh, may have been a little sketch. Um, but you had like, uh, unfortunately I had to sacrifice in some areas. Um, now as you build your reputation and how you treat people, um, I think people start to recognize that over time. Uh, but you can still build your core values as a, as a single person um, company. I say you start there and then define like uh, what would you like, w- what can you build off of? And, and I commonly say to people in the interview process, we're not looking for you to come in here and just participate in the culture. We want you to help improve the culture. And so in the interview process, you may ask, hey, listen, I'm trying to create an excellent, um, fun um, uh, culture in the business. How, what are some things that you can do on a regular basis to help me create that? Uh, because business owners, a lot of times, I think they feel like it's all on their shoulders. When in reality, the whole team has to participate in making the culture great. And so um, the first thing I look for is a positive attitude. If they're pessimistic um, in the interview process or they uh, complain about their old employer, um, usually those are pretty red flags for me because if they're going to complain, they're going to complain to employees when they get inside as well about us, uh, most likely. Not all the time. Um, So I look for positivity. I look for energy. I look for honesty, integrity, integrity. Um, because once you, if you have those things, uh, the, and you have encounter accountability, uh, on the inside, uh, a lot can go right where if you don't have those things and accountability too much can go wrong. I mean, they they just got to be your question.
4: They got to be hungry and motivated at the end of the day. Um, it's hard to hire just off culture. Ultimately, you're going to know if they fit your culture or not within, um, the first month at the most. And yeah. if they just don't fit in and they're just bumping heads with people, I mean, you just got to let them go. If not, yeah. it's going to cost you a lot more pain and anguish dealing with your, uh, the rest of your guys. I mean, so it's hard to hire my all just biggest... directly. It's just watching what they do and they either fit in or they don't fit in. And if they don't fit in, just get rid of them as fast as you can.
0: Yeah. That's my biggest regret is not firing people fast enough.
1: Once you find out that they don't
0: fit the culture yep. yeah, or they can't perform.
1: Yeah. What if you have a really good performer that doesn't fit the culture?
4: I cut them. Get rid of them. Got to go. I don't care if they're the highest salesperson or the highest revenue tech. They got to go. Yep. If not, there's nothing worse than guys seeing other guys walk on top of you and what, you're, what they're getting away with because it's just going to go downhill from there
1: then right. yeah. did you have another
2: question just to follow up on not firing fast enough um i'm a nice guy so that's kind of a tough one me for too. me but yes so uh what would be the routes towards that option if it's something like like they walk out of a job when they were trained and left unsafe that's it or do you talk to them about it and say i'm not going to see that again or when it when is it I, I, it's different for every person, but yeah. how many chances do you give somebody before you're like, okay, I can't do it. I've given
0: too yet. many. Um, you know, I think Jeff would be a good person to answer this, but I'll just say, uh, for me, I take it on a case-by-case basis. If I think it was part of their personality and I know that I'm not going to be able to change their personality, as soon as I know that, I think that's a good time. Um, if I think it was a genuine mistake or, or they apologize and own it, that's a good sign. Um, and then if I don't see it again, I know I'm good. Um, that would be my stance.
4: You know, at the end of the day, when it comes to that, really, you got to go with your gut. I mean, your gut is going to tell you what's right and wrong at the end of the day. And if you have to keep questioning yourself about that person, then you know what the decision is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't keep biting the bullet. And then always just be hiring people because you never know if they're going to be the right fit or not. So don't just hire one, hire two. Yes, it's, it's it sucks for the bottom line, but ultimately it's going to suck worse if you got to let one of them go and they just don't fit and you don't have anybody fulfill their shoes. So therefore now you as the owner have to be the technician, have to be the sales guy, have to be all these other positions and keep wearing the hats that you're trying to get rid of.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, do you want me, I can go back and ask some of the questions directly to Jeff, uh, Ryan, that you've already answered. You, would you like to do that?
0: We can do that or we can open it up for questions, whichever you prefer. I know there was probably one or two, I think Jeff would, um, probably do well with, but I don't, um, see if I can open up that document.
1: Yeah, I've got it here. Um, so Jeff, what is, what are your thoughts on paying commission on, uh, profit or total sale?
4: Oh, and, you know, as long as you, so within your pricing, as long as you build that within, then um, it really didn't cost you any amount of money. So therefore you can hundred percent pay on that as long as it's built into the cost. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah totally. Um, uh, what are, uh, what are some issues with, uh, and Ryan answered this too, but what are some issues you've found with motivating employees um, with performance-based comp plans?
4: Uh, We're still working on that. So I can't say I'm motivated a lot. I mean, a lot of it just depends on the individual. I mean, it's really trying to find out what motivates them. Some of it, some of it motivates with more time off. Some motivates with more money. Um, I think as this new millennial, whatever, millennial slash whatever new generations coming up, uh, they want to be paid well, but they really don't want to work more than 40 hours. So even giving them some more paid days off that they can earn what is more valuable than, than money.
1: That's a good question. And I was going to bring this up actually to both of you as well. But um, other than I know, Ryan, you said you're pretty direct and ask them, uh, ask employees what motivates them pretty bluntly. Um, do you guys, is that like pretty much how you handle things or do you notice yourselves? Um, Kind of figuring out what motivates each individual employee, whether it be um, additional benefits or bonuses or commissions or paid time off. How do you kind of determine that for each person?
4: Oh um, my, I, I try to uh, get my service manager just to just to work with them, you know, training with them on a regular basis, and just get to know them and what where they want to go, what what their values are. I mean, where and just find out about them at the end of the day, the more you can learn about them and them individually, the the, the better you are. Then you're just not assuming what you might not be. I mean, it's, it's, it's ask them. <laughs> I mean, it just comes down <laughs> to asking them at the end of the day.
0: And listening. You know, I yeah. think a lot of people ask, but they don't listen and take action. Mm-hmm. And that's where, yeah. you know, employees get frustrated is, you know, they, they're vocal, they're vocal, they're vocal, they're vocal, and then nothing changes. Um, and so, uh, but I, I, I think that, well, Jeff hit on something I'd like to just elaborate on since COVID, uh, it's not just millennials. I think a lot of people have started like reprioritizing their lives a little bit. Um, you know, the human brain is very interesting and I, I study a lot of like psychology and, uh, one of the things that, that I, I do normally is uh, change my routine, so uh, my wife makes fun of me, but, you know, I, I changed the apps on my phone, the location of them, uh, because we, we end up opening up our phone and and can literally with our eyes closed, uh, go to an app, and there's no thought behind it. And eventually, um, you know, you take that same application, you apply it to your daily life, uh, where the, you're not challenging your brain at all. And you're just going through a normal everyday routine. And uh, COVID, uh disrupted everyone's routine. And it almost, in my opinion, kind of wakes you up a little bit and then makes you realize uh, and reflect on who you are, what you love and what you enjoy doing um, and who you love. And, uh, and so we're seeing the effects of that uh, as employers right now where people, you know, we say they don't want to work, but in reality, uh, I, I don't know uh, if you had the choice of doing the things you love most. Or going to work, which would you prefer to do? Um, for me, one of the things I love most is working, because I love to build things, and so it's hard to find people like that. And the people that are like that, most likely will either own their own business one day or already do. So, um, I think the uh, the key is finding what motivates people. Um, you know, we took some feedback from an, an employee of uh, mine. Well, he left, but. Um, you know, uh, in the car business, when I worked in the the automotive industry, uh, we had like alternating schedules, um, because Saturday was such a big day for us. Uh, everybody worked on Saturday, but you, you had days off during the week and, you know, we had like alternating stuff. So we really started like evaluating it here. And, um, so we give, uh, every other week, they get a three, three day weekend. They're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and so we have a rotation, Where a lot of guys either uh, once every other week or once every three weeks has a three day uh, work week. And so that works really well because people, uh, it's, you know, they can go on a little long weekend trip, uh, spend time with family, work on a project. Uh, They can kind of schedule that around their things. And so uh, we've found that uh, time off is important and it's really, really difficult uh, if you're like in when I was, you know, anywhere between one, obviously uh, to probably seven or eight employees, uh, you're not really built for people taking time off. So, uh, for me, I pushed really, really hard to get to, um, the hump, uh, which is easier when you have one guy out, you have, uh, one or two others fill in the gaps. So, um, uh, there is a, there is a, a point in time where you have enough employees where someone going on vacation doesn't feel so devastating.
4: Let me know when you find that point because I still.
0: (laughs) I'm there now, and it feels good. Um, It's feels good. And did you have a question? I thought I saw your hand was raised a second
2: ago. I was just thinking about. uh, It seems like the concept of this is it can't be about the money, you know. And you were saying what motivates employees? Um, You know, there's a Dan Pinkman. He talks about autonomy, mastery, purpose. If I was working for Ryan and he was offering me certifications and education, that would motivate me. There's not much more that I could get out of a job rather than just getting better at it. Um, That's just what I want to do with my life. But purpose too. If you
0: decide you don't want to continue running your own company, you have a position with me. You're exactly. If I wasn't in
2: Idaho, but no, like, I just think that, I think it's gotta be more because I was having a conversation with a, another manager in San Diego and his installer of 10 years walks in and he's like, I found another job that's twice as much. It's like, well, go take it. It can't be about money. It, it's has to be more than that. There has to be some type of like loyalty to it or, or there has to be some more unity yeah. where if you say, let's go up that hill, you, you know, they're going to just follow you. And I just think that, that, that is some, and I like the, uh, you, you touched on changing your phone around to, to change your brain. Um, and I read atomic habits and it mentioned that Greg, I was following you and, and your boy, Greg on uh, torsion talks. So I read yeah. that book too, but, uh, that's one of those things too. It's just, it's, I think, I think you, it can't be about money. It has to be about more than that. That's my point.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, uh, until my wife threatened to leave me, I used to swap the dishes around in the kitchen. Um, the cups, the dishes, put them in different cabinets. Uh, It's interesting because I still, to this day, we've been in the house for 11 years. I still will go back to the same cabinet to get the cups. And they've been moved three times since then. Uh, It's very interesting, like how our brains are programmed to deal with that. Um, And so, uh, but yeah, my wife basically threatened my life uh, if I did it again. And um, so we're, we're staying where we're at. Uh, That's her
1: heart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, y'all have no idea. She has the hardest job in America. I promise you, there is no question.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Company culture, and I will say that is like huge. It's so huge. I'm probably the only actual employee here. Um, but I, the loyalty that that. Ryan has been able to build within his company is something that I really appreciate. And I think that that is a huge part um, of, of what you guys are all creating. And it seems like garage, doors owner, garage door owners are like extremely concerned. It's been like a very interesting journey for me to to learn that um, about all of you guys is that you actually care like whether your employees are happy and how they're doing. And that is incredible. It's one of the unique things about this industry, I think.
4: Well, yep. so when it comes to that, you know, at the end of the day, as a business owner, all your employees are your internal clients, your customers, you have to take care of them. You can't build your company bigger without them. Yep. And uh, if they're taken care of, well, then, you know, the external customers are going to be taken care of. So therefore, you know, you're going to have high reviews and you're going to get high referrals that way. So keep them happy. Cause if they go to a job mad at you, that morning. Well, how do you think that's going to turn out? I don't care if it's the best installer or the best service guy there is. How do you think that call is going to turn out today?
0: hundred percent. I just had a conversation with one of my employees today. Um, You know, we, we announced the numbers um, and we announced his numbers and they weren't as high as he wanted to have them uh, for yesterday. Uh, But when you dig deeper, you look at the jobs he had, uh, like one was a warranty, um, another one was somebody we sold a door to recently, so there wasn't really any chance to make money on it, but he felt like, Hey man, uh, you know, I didn't really have a chance to, to hit my numbers yesterday, but we call them out in front of everybody and it makes me feel this way. Um, and so that broke into like a conversation about, um, some other things. And, uh, I told him, I said, you know what, dude, I said, um, you know, I know, I know where you're at. Um, And so I'll do a better job of mentioning that when I say the numbers, because I'm looking at your jobs, but, uh, but we dug into a deeper issue and that was that he was worried about what it looked like. Um, and I just told him, I said, look, dude, um, I want you to come in and have fun every day. And it, you you know, nothing's going to happen because you didn't sell something yesterday or you had a low day. That's okay. Like, it's totally fine, dude. Like, we all have low days and we all have big days, but the key is to have them all average out. And so I said, I feel like you're stressed out. And uh, I said, I don't want that for you. I said, So, uh, you know, I told him, I said, Look, I'll just be straight up with you. You're here because I need to make money. And I only make money if you do your job. And so uh, it's my job to, motivate you and train you and equip you to accomplish your goals I said but I'm happy with you and I want you here and I want you to have fun because if you are thinking in the back of your head that I think you're not doing a good job then you're not going to do a good job so I said I, I want to let you know here and now I think you're doing fine you there's always room for improvement but I, I would like you to have more fun when you come into work and not be stressed out about certain things and so uh that conversation ended with us hugging it out and feeling good about each other. And I think the more transparent you are with your with your people and um, the conversations you have with them, but also also tell them point blank: "Look, you're here because I need to make money." I mean, I, I think the further you hide from that, the worse you look. Um, so I'm just blunt about it.
3: I got a question. I guess so, i throw both you guys um, kind of back to commer- uh, like pay and stuff. Do you guys offer anything to your technicians where they can up their income or their, you know, basically make more on the jobs and specifically to commercial, Jeff, I know you guys get, you got a good commercial crew going too. I don't know, Ryan, if you get commercial guys running like that.
4: Um, that's where we're having a meeting next week, commercial, because our commercial team hasn't went live on service Titan yet. So, yeah, we are probably going to start spiffing per parts on commercial teams. That way they can drive up their ticket totals because at a lot of times, as you know, those commercial accounts, they just want their doors working and they want them to work for a long period of time. So you really don't have to do a lot of asking. It's just up to the technician to do the job proper and to say, look, you need these rollers, you need these hinges. And this is why I did it. So, yeah, we're going to put a spiff in for the commercial to peem you know, dollar per roll or $2 per roll or X amount for a cable. And that way we can drive the ticket total up.
0: Yeah. And I I think it, uh, it's all based on how you're structured, but, um, you know, I think finding good commercial guys who can sell are even more difficult than finding residential guys who can sell. And that's been a pain point for us. Uh, so, uh, right now, the way that we are doing it is, uh, we're sending service guys out, uh, on repairs and we're sending, um, other people out, salespeople out for new equipment quotes. Um, and, um, you know, I, again, finding the motivation of your client, same thing with everybody, right? There's needs and wants, um, and you can't assume that they just want needs. Um, and so I, I take it, uh, you know, we just do a lot of training, teaching our guys to ask the right questions. Um, Hey, what does it mean if this door is down for you? Oh, well, that's my freaking main door. It can't be down. That's not an option. Well, are you going to wait for the spring to break? Or are you going to swap it out when it's close to the end of its life? Um, you know, that, that in my opinion is the difference between, um, you know, taking care of the customer and making sure his business is running or, uh, waiting, waiting until everything breaks to fix it. Um, so if it's not a big deal and it's a third door, shoot, we're going to wait for this thing to break. Um, but you just uh, fact finding, asking the right questions. And uh, as far as comp- compensation is concerned, uh, I wouldn't say that I figured that out on the commercial side uh, quite yet. So uh, Jeff and I both are probably in the same boat. All right.
1: Do we have any other questions or any topics you guys like to touch on?
0: Cody, you got any questions, bro? I see you. <laughs> he's yeah, been,
3: he's he's been voice, in the Cody. chat. I've never heard you before.
1: <laughs> he's been Probably typing in the chat. At one time. Yeah, He says he's here in chat. I can read your questions for you, Cody, if you have any.
0: <laughs>
3: I'm looking forward to seeing all you guys out at uh, what is that, Phoenix in a few weeks here. That'll be cool to catch up with everyone.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Vertical track. Um, so while we're uh, seeing if anybody else has questions, I'll give a couple plugs. Uh, vertical track is, uh, happening first week of November out in Arizona, a one garage doors Uh, strongly recommend you guys check that out. I think it's going to be hugely beneficial. Um, if nothing else to come back uh, home with some vision and, um, and some thinking that uh, might challenge your current thought processes, which I think is always good. And then um, as far as like uh, anything else, if you guys are in a position where you like these types of conversations and, uh, and you, and you want to pour into yourself, we have Garage Door U. Uh, we're launching another group. Uh, this will be our fourth group. It's hugely successful. Uh, we really enjoy working with these guys. Uh, it's small groups of dealers, uh, roughly around five per group. And uh, we've got one opening up on Thursdays. Uh, there's two in that group. Now we need three more. So if you guys are interested, uh, go to garagedooru.com and you can apply. We don't accept everyone. Um, and we basically put people in groups in different markets and try to make sure that the, uh, the, uh, the, the revenue is in the same range. So uh, that's helpful. Does anybody else have any other questions? And if not, we'll uh, shut it down.
1: We're good. Oh, oh, he says, "Hold on,
0: <laughs> Cody." You had to wait till I got through all that to start your question.
1: <laughs> Jeez,
0: you gotta type faster, bro. Oh, what?
1: What's the performance pay
0: percentage? I, I We touched on this a little bit in the beginning. Um, yeah. So you can go back and watch that, but I think it's, uh, you know, like Jeff had mentioned earlier, I mean, I think that can uh, throttle up and down based on how you price your products out.
3: I guess right, I got Jeff? one last one too. Like, do you guys have a personal goal, like dollar, like annual, rev, uh, you know, annual pay you're trying to get your guys, your service technicians to, like I know personally looking around, I said, My goal is to get all my guys up to at least 80 or more in the next year. And it's, uh, I don't know if that's how you guys kind of look at it, or if you say it's trying to put the, you know, the pressure and the growth on each individual guy and let the ones that can make it get there.
4: So as we go into our meeting next week, that's the biggest. You muted Um, out, Jeff.
0: Somehow you magically muted Jeff. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah.
5: Yes.
4: So as we go into having our meetings uh, next week, that's that's the big thing. Is how do you show these guys? Hey, here's here's how you hit 50 grand. Here's how you hit 75 grand. Here's how you hit 100 grand. You know, you take this is how many calls that your average guy runs a year, and if you're a technician, this is this is what this is what we need. If you're an installer, this is what we need, and and just showing that to them on paper so they they have they know how to
0: obtain it. I think that's great. Are you keeping all your guys on hourly?
4: I don't know yet. We haven't decided yet. So we, okay. we're, we're, we're going to weigh the goods at the bads here next week and see, see what works out. Gotcha. But I definitely just, we want to incentivize them to be able to make that money, but still hold them accountable. Same thing with the technicians. We're still on hourly rate, um, but we will be changing that here soon. And I'm going to have five KPIs, you know, Highest ticket, you know, ticket total, reviews, um, callbacks, and I don't remember what the other one was right off the top of my head, but we'll be running those. And all right, well, here you can range from 14 to 17% of the ticket total, but it all depends on these five KPIs. It's not just the guy that sells the most or the guy that has the most reviews. It's It's going to be a little bit of everything. So it gives everybody an equal chance. Yeah. Because, you know, the highest tickle toe is great, but so is the guy that's getting 75% of his calls to leave a five-star review because that's just as
0: great. Yep. Awesome. Well, you- thank you, guys. Did Tamara do a phenomenal job today? Excellent. This is our first time uh, being uh, yep. the host of a panel discussion. So uh, you killed it, Tamara. Great job. And I think thank we're going to have you do it. Uh, more often, so Jeff about gave her a heart attack today, but that's okay. <laughs> Jeff, you owe her a Christmas present, um, and so uh, I
4: better buy it now and ship it. You might get it my Christmas.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> well, listen, uh, door guys, we love you guys to death, and uh, great questions. I'm glad that this was more interactive. I was actually telling Tamara before we even got on here. I was like, you know what, my favorite part to do anything is just Q and A. I love Q and A. It's like my favorite thing yeah. ever. Um, you don't know what questions are coming your way, and you got to kind of just like come up with something quick. Date. So yep. it's fun for me; keeps my, my mind fresh. So you guys have a blessed day, uh, have a great week, and uh, make sure you subscribe to Torch and Talk podcast and like our Facebook page. Jeff, thank you, bro. Yes, sir. Thank 40 you minutes right. late, but we still love you. Right. Forty minutes late. <laughs> All I'll right,
4: see you
1: bye,
0: you guys. Bye.
1: Bye, everybody.